right. Welcome everybody back to the PHLY Sixers podcast. This one coming to you from sunny Colorado. The trip sponsored by Restoration 360. How you doing? Good. You know, saying sunny Colorado reminds me if you've ever seen the movie Old School. Luke Wilson is really drunk at one point during a wedding and says, "Ah, Denver, the sunshine state." Before he realizes what he's saying. So, sunny Colorado just brought me back to one of my favorite early 2000s comedies for a moment. Yeah. There. Well, sort of like James Harden, I came a little late. I'm here to completely screw stuff up. All right. A curveball here. You know, we got here. They had their first practice. Right before practice came, it was revealed that James Harden was ex- the expectation was for James Harden to show up at camp. He is not here yet. They don't know exactly when he is going to be able to practice, but that there is an expectation that he will show up at some point. This is coming from Adrian Wojnowski of ESPN. Um, The sort of main part of it is about the Clippers. He reports that the Clippers are in a situation right now where they can await what happens in Philadelphia, what happens with Harden, and let what might become a very distracting circus light atmosphere to play out. Woj then notes that they are not necessarily motivated in L.A. to keep upping their offer, especially since they feel like they have the best one on the table. (laughs) The best one being the only one, one. as far as we understand it. So I guess this sort of goes back a little bit to what we were talking about yesterday, where we thought he was making a mistake, not by not showing up at media day, by not making things uncomfortable. It sounds like he might be coming in to make this a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, so I'm wondering here if we should be on, you know, john clark airport watch in denver essentially where we have to go stake out the the private planes that are coming into because you know james is not flying commercial you you know how when they show up they 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 hold your like a sign with your name on it maybe there's somebody holding up a daryl morey as as a liar (laughs) sign we can go there maybe take out like a a big telescope just scan the horizon for daryl morey as a liar have you ever had someone Show up and hold a sign up for you? No, I've never been that important. Oh, uh, that's no, no. fun. That, that, that means nobody loves you, I think, is really the takeaway there. No uh, you're, offense. You're not wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, the big question, and this was asked to everybody we spoke to at, at the first practice today, was what do you guys think of James returning, essentially, or James showing up? Because that was the topic at Media Day. They they had to answer questions about it for hours and hours on Monday and they've been preparing as if he won't be here. And then lo and behold, in the middle of their first practice, the report comes out, Hey, I think James is going to join you guys now. So certainly the expectation on my end would be he's coming to be disruptive and dysfunctional and he should see the writing on the wall here and say, I need to do something positive to try to get out of here. Cause as Woj is alluding to the Clippers are basically the only team that has shown real interest in this guy up to this point. And so if his plan is to come here and turn this into a circus, turn this into an uncomfortable situation, I don't think that actually benefits him. I agree, but I don't think, you know, (laughs) I think he feels like he can make things so uncomfortable that it doesn't matter what, you know, LA's offer is he can get Daryl Morey to cave. I don't know who he's been watching because we just saw this play out legitimately two years ago. I don't think Daryl Morey is going to cave. And if you say like, you know, he's going to come here 
he's not going to be, you know, if he's a, a problem, a distraction, it's not like it's going to increase the number of teams that are willing to make an offer. He's trying to get to that one specific team. I'm just not sure that strategy is going, it might work. You know, if this was, you know, going back to like Ed Stefanski or someone like that running the team, maybe not that Daryl Morey, right. importantly. Yeah. Or, or, or even ownership, a change in ownership, although ownership can get uncomfortable. I just don't think it's going to work in this instance. And I think Daryl Morey is desperate enough and realizes they have so few ways to get, forget even star, just like, like solid, you know, starting level players. He has to nail this trade. I don't think he's going to panic. I don't, I'm very surprised. Well, friend of the show, your own Weitzman wrote a piece today, kind of diving into the Harden and Morey dynamic and points out astutely within the piece that, if there's anyone that's not going to back down in this situation and has proven that in a similar situation before, it's Maury. He's not, he doesn't operate in an emotional state, right? Like that's just right. not how he approaches trades and the draft and free agency. He goes into it and his guiding belief is I do everything essentially based on does this improve my team's title odds. Like yep. he loves to say, if you have a 5% chance at a title, that's great. Or a 10% chance, that's even better. And any, any move that materially maintains that for them or ideally improves it, he's okay with pursuing that. And he'll deal James to wherever that would need to go, wherever he would need to go to make that happen. But with the Clippers, the only suitor, and as we've discussed, the Clippers have essentially said, we're not giving up Terrence Mann. I, I think at this point, I don't think that they've put full unprotected first round picks on the table. And with that being the case, it's like, well, what's the the value basis if you're Daryl Morey? Because if you're not getting real assets to flip and you're not getting their best contributors in order to put them on the floor and help Joel win, then what the hell's the point? And I think that's just it's difficult for the people that have to watch the team, right? Yeah. And the people who invest their time and money into following the Sixers because it's like, well, just do something. Like, I need to see James out the door. I right. want new blood in, what I, et cetera, et cetera. Daryl looks at it from the, none of this stuff really matters. It's October and we can talk about distractions and the problems and what have you. But ultimately, there are no games even being played right now, and yeah. there's no – he feels no urgency to do anything as a result of that. So we have a, a comment here from Randy in the chat basically saying he thinks that uh, good play on the court with disobedience towards management might be the best way to get out. I don't think he's necessarily wrong. Like, I think you can be angry and show that anger but also still give effort on the court. That might be the best path forward for him. My question is – do we have any evidence James Harden is thinking that way or has ever really thought that way in his career? Yeah, and <laughs> Andrew was talking trash about our setup here in the comments saying, at least do a green screen backdrop of mountains. Come on, guys. Look, Derek missed his flight last night. <laughs> our super producer in the background, Marissa, was scrambling around just trying to get things set up. To her credit, everything came together in a very short amount of time, and she deserves it. A lot of kudos for that. We'll have to pass on the suggestion about the mountains, but I do think we will have something a little bit more aesthetically pleasing for tomorrow. But look, options are limited. We're in somebody else's space. 
and not our own. You could not resist the urge <laughs> to point out to everyone that I missed my flight, could you? You just couldn't let that one pass. Listen, well, Look, if did, you guys I... knew the full story behind the, the missed flight situation, it's just a doozy. So, Did I make it here for the show? You are here for the show. And Goddamn I, right I, I am. am. You did your job, so you did the bare minimum that is expected of you, which I would imagine that's what we're going to get out of James Harden when he shows up to Colorado at some point in the next uh, <laughs> 8 to 12 hours, we'll say, somewhere yeah. in that time frame. Yeah, we don't. I don't think we actually have a specific. I don't think it's been reported. I think that might be the expectation, though. We'll oh, see. Th- we have a how do you miss a flight Godner in there? and Not getting into it. It's the, the, maybe a story for another day for our diehards. That might be diehard only content. <laughs> <laughs> that would be why you subscribe for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, no, look, I think that this is probably the right play for him. What, uh, you know, Randy, I think it was said the come in, play hard, show disobedience towards management, show you that you're disgruntled. I think that would be the best path forward. It wouldn't shock me if we see, you know, I, I, look, I wonder what kind of shape his ankle's in right now because I feel like it might get worse here in a couple of days. <laughs> his ankle specifically? I'm just picking something that he could. We did talk about it before. I do think he has looked like he's in pretty good shape this summer. Now, yeah. I think when James has been motivated to get himself out of a place, he can look out of shape fairly quickly. Oh, so. I meant ankle like an injury, not no, like No, no, no. Yeah. I'm following. Well. There is a, a company that's helping us this week, Derek, that keeps things in, in good shape that I think you want to tell people there is, about. There is. This, this, this show, this trip, sponsored by Restoration 360. When disaster strikes, call the company that cares. Restoration 360, your trusted partner in restoration and recovery. No job too big or small. Fire, water, mold. No, da- no matter the damage, we're here to make it right. Call Restoration 360 today at 215-273-3592. Or visit our website at restoration360.com for more information. Restoration 360. We're here for you every step of the way. Fast, experienced, dependable. Available 24-7 because disasters don't wait. Call now, 215-273-3592, or visit them online at restoration360.com. Thank you very much to our friends at Restoration 360. And now we need Daryl Morey and James Harden to restore their relationship, which certainly does not seem like it's going to happen. Can, can we call them? Do you think they have any advice? Call oh Restoration, Restoration Three Sixty. Do you what, think they do relationship advice would, too? Is what, that in their wheelhouse? What, what would the rate be on this one? I feel like this one could be expensive. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I can't I don't know what their quotes are offhand. I'm sure I'm sure they're uh, a la carte to a certain degree, but yeah, yeah we'll see. I know. I know. So. I would say the mood amongst the people we spoke to, we spoke to Tyrese, we spoke to Patrick Beverly, spoke to Nick Nurse. Nick kind of skipped over it a little bit. And I think his broader message was that, one, it's too early to call anything a distraction. But two, this is the another first-year head coaching experience for him. And his focus has been on, all right, I got to put my processes in place, right? And I got to get my staff in order and you know, what is this guy doing? How are we game planning for this? What are our team wide principles? How are we instilling them? And so I think the message from the coach has just been, look, we have too many other things that we have to worry about. It wasn't like the Ben situation or it isn't like the Ben situation in that that happened in year two when right. there was that year under doc rivers and all those things were set up and 
really the only thing that you had to worry about was, well, they have to see if they can get Ben back on board or they need to trade them. I think the right approach is being taken by Nick where he says, look, I have a whole program to, you know, mold in my image and our image to a certain degree. I'm going to ask Joel to do different things. I'm going to ask Tyrese to do different things and so on down the line. And so I think that's a good message for them to hear from the guy who's the new head coach to say, look, it is probably a distraction and they won't admit to that, but they have a lot of other goals that they have to focus on in the meantime. And, you know, it's a good thing they're in Colorado and James can't just come and go as he pleases at the, yeah. uh, the local facility. I think. <laughs> it is though, like, you know, they have, um, you know, they've put so much pressure on Nick nurse and, and Tyrese Maxey and, you know, you're, you play very differently with Harden than without. I almost think this is a little bit tougher, though, because you don't know what version of Harden you're going to get. Yeah. Like, it's a little harder. It's one thing if he was in and bought in and you knew he was going to give effort. If he's going to be loafing, like, it, it is, is you'd almost just rather get Tyrese Maxey some reps, some time, a more defined role, rather than bouncing back and forth between playmaker and off-ball. But it will be completely fascinating because we truly have no idea. We can talk you know, about Randy and his suggestion. We can talk about his past ops. We have no idea what to expect from Harden in terms of when he's going to show up, how much he's going to practice this week, how much effort he's going to give, what's it going to look like when we get in the preseason. Like This could go, I feel like, in a million different ways. And it does make it Nick Nurse's job tougher, but also all the players too. Maxi probably most specifically. And gosh, for a kid who, you know, he... You hate like anything negative happening to him because yeah. he's such a breath of fresh well, air at basically all times. He's coming in the fourth year of his rookie contract. He's made huge leaps every year. He could be borderline all-star level. And he's got to talk about the guy who doesn't want to be here. And every day, two days, well, two days in a row, but you figure it's probably going to be off in here until we really get going. He's going to be asked about the guy who doesn't want to be here. And like, we have to, it's our job to do that. But you do sort of feel for the kid. It's like, can he just talk about like basketball for one? Like, can we come into a training camp one year, just one year and be like, man, I can't wait to, you know, see how he's redesigned the offense or how he's going to tweak. And we like, we talked a little bit and we had a, you know, go check out um, our YouTube PHLY sports YouTube. We had a, an interview with Nick nurse posted up there. We tried to talk a little bit to him about stuff like that, but the focus of camp of preseason of the regular season is going to be unavoidably James Harden. So I would say this as a counter argument to that. Do you think Tyrese like really cares about? Did, it I doesn't don't, seem like much bothers him at I, all. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not making light of this at all. You're talking about a kid who had a fire in his house when he had a bunch of family visiting on Christmas and just carried on like business as usual, right? Yeah. He had actual personal problems and things he had to deal with off the floor. And he just compartmentalized it and said, well, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. And so I don't think if you're talking about a guy's not going to show up. Well, he's, he probably looks at himself in the mirror and says, great opportunity for me. Like this is, yeah. this is something he's been a lead guard before, albeit a long time ago. And even if James was fully on board all summer coming back, like we have unfinished business, so on and so forth. I think Tyrese is self-reflective enough that he went into the offseason thinking, look, I have to get better at this stuff. He, he mentioned today when we spoke to him at practice, I need to be better at self-creation. That was just a, a thing that the coaching staff and that he identified needed to get better at. I need to be better at playmaking for teammates. And those are things that are true for him 
whether James Harden is here or not. Now, the difference is they're more important if James isn't here or James isn't actively engaged with the team. But I just think if we just look at how Tyrese carries himself and how he thinks about the game, I just don't think this impacts him that much other than he's in a spot where more is being asked of him. And I think, frankly, he's going to love that. Yeah, no, I guess when I was saying that and, and talking about the players dealing with, it, I meant I, like I focused on Maxi because it impacts him the most, and because you, like it's a human way, it's a human thing to feel bad for him, and well, it's just like you don't know what you're going to have to do depending on. But what But also, this guy I mean, is. just players in general, like yeah. the team in general. Um, no, Maxi seems like he handles everything pretty well. Um, he's got he seems like he's got his head on his shoulders, and that's why we we had that conversation. I forget who they were comparing him to the chat to. Uh, yesterday, um, uh, concerned about him be- focusing too much on social media. I think Maxie's got his uh, his head up pretty well. No, adjusted. like, listen, again, we only get so much time with these guys, and I can't be like a personal stalker of Tyrese to know, oh, he's in the gym at this minute and doing this. But when I tell you I have never heard a single bad thing from someone about the work he puts in yeah. and – it, it's it has to be to make the leaps that he has made. It also has to be focused work, right? Like yep. you can be in a gym all summer and not really accomplish anything. You could just, I'm going to take a ton of jump shots or I'm going to work on things that don't actually mean anything for the team. I think it honestly says as much about Maxie's intelligence and the people around him pushing him in the right directions that he's been able to scale up the way he has and it has actively improved not just, you know, his individual stats, but his ability to fit on a really good team yep. in a number of roles. Yep. No, I th- I think I think we're we're in agreement there for sure. Yeah. So, take a quick break to talk about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Things are heating up in the ballpark. I know everybody back home in Philadelphia fired up for the start of the MLB playoffs. Probably putting some bets down on our beloved Phillies. Actually, underneath this, I believe I have a Philly shirt on. I don't want to, like, flash anyone and attempt to show it. But we are all supporting the Phillies over here. And with DraftKings Sportsbook. I mean, that might get ratings. Who knows? (laughs) No, not the shape I'm in right now. But with DraftKings Sportsbook, you will not miss a moment of the baseball action. And new customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. And all customers can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings same-game parlays, string together multiple bets from a single game for your shot and a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball, only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See DKNG. DKNG dot co slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply i'm telling you man they changed this you've done so good for so they long they changed this disclaimer on me and now it's tripping me up every time through that <laughs> dkng.co it's just you know it's it's a little too much bandwidth for me i guess i don't know um so yeah and so maxi 
I'm not worried about the head he's got on his shoulders and, you know, the path ahead for him. Uh, some of the other things we talked about with him in camp today are expectations on him defensively compared to the end of last season. Uh, Maxi talked some about the coaching staff wants him to shoot gaps more and shoot them quicker. So some of that's going to be playing passing lanes. And I think that's always been kind of an area where he doesn't have great length. Obviously he's on the smaller side, but if you think about how you can weaponize his speed, if he's reading the game the way maybe he can as a, a veteran, you turn that speed loose in some passing lanes. He'll get out in the break and look guy who, if, if he creates a turnover, nobody is better equ equipped on this team to take that turnover and run the other way and yep. either score, get fouled or create something for someone else. So he said that, you know, shooting gaps has been a big point of emphasis for him. Obviously the end of last year, we saw him picking up full court a lot more. I think that was a way that I think he was, if he was not a, making a positive impact. He was at least getting closer to neutral by doing so, slowing guys down the backcourt. That's just a much more common tactic now for teams, especially in the playoffs. So that's the other component for him, right? We focused a lot on, and we spoke with Nick at media day about the work he's put in as a pick and roll ball handler and making reads. And, you know, he said today in practice, got some lobs to Mo Bamba and Paul Reed and some of these other guys, but I think the defensive component is just as important because if Harden gets moved or even if Harden doesn't get moved, I think he's there's a lot of outcomes where Tyrese ends up with somebody smaller than Harden is yep. in the backcourt with him, and that'll change some matchups. You still might get a better defender, even if it's a smaller guard that's playing next to him because James is so apathetic with his you know off-ball responsibilities and things of that nature, but... I'm curious to see exactly how Nick uses and utilizes Tyrese as a defender this year. Yeah, I, I just looked it up, um, and I, I, I looked at this with shoes on, these measurements with shoes. I know you're a stickler about that. So I looked at, at uh, you know Tyrese Maxey and DeAnthony Melton's uh, standing height with shoes. Um, Melton has him by a quarter of an inch, but not much. In terms of standing reach, Melton has him by three quarters of an inch. So they're pretty close. And that was something that Tyrese was talking about you know, trying to learn from DeAnthony, become a better defender, you know, figure out what he does to make it work at his size. And I think Tyrese has, has added a little bit of bulk over a couple of years. You expect when he starts getting, you know, he's definitely noticeably bigger in person. Right. Yeah. It should continue to get better. Really what it comes down to me, a little bit of aggressiveness, use your speed, you know, use your ability to force turnovers on the perimeter and decision-making communication. And that is one thing where like, just want to see how it looks, you know, Sunday when they play the, preseason game like just i want to see how it looks because that is huge for them going forward that would make things a lot easier to build around we talked a lot about his, his passing and his playmaking instincts you know throughout the course of the last couple of weeks that is maybe not as big of a deal not as big of a deal i think be, being a, a true legitimate point guard if, if max could develop into that would make your defense better just because then you have more flexibility on who you put around him but him becoming a better individual defender as well would be uh, would be huge. And by the way, speaking of that preseason game, very funny that right out the shoot they get to play the team that knocked them out of the playoffs, and that everyone saw make a yeah. couple of big trades, and is like, well, they have really have no chance to beat them now. So uh, no rest for the wicked here. Obviously, they're going to come out of this camp at 
altitude, which the altitude was a storyline today. Patrick Beverly walked over to his first scrum and said, how y'all doing? And I hope you're, <laughs> I hope you're doing better than I am. Cause I'm very tired right now <laughs> and indicated that, you know, it was a hard first day of practice. So yeah, I think that's, when, that's when you, what Nick was kind of hoping to accomplish. I think bringing him out here, when part you, of it. When you jogged to Moby Arena, did your 5.9 mile jog today, was that any harder than you remember it? I, I certainly did not jog anywhere <laughs> today, but uh, I will continue to say the altitude is overrated as someone who's not doing any physical activity. so Has not influenced my podcasting yet. It has not influenced me walking around and sitting say that but we'll see if i if i end up on a bike ride at some point if that changes things for us did you look that up is there like a bike rental service around here well no actually my uber driver over to the arena today i got to talking to him he's from minnesota has been in colorado for the last 17 years said when he first got here first year he was in colorado he actually did not touch a car or like drive a car he was basically full-time riding his bike and when he first got a bike like a the chain pulled or something happened he had to get it fixed he said he brought it into a shop like oh yeah i only need it for after you know when bike season starts again he goes what are you talking about bike season is year round buddy so oh. i don't it's a lifestyle out here is what i'm learning that's foreign man like i was always way too scared to try to ride a bike in philly like i did yeah, not yeah city trust bike anyone. driving nope. is is nope. crazy nope uh, all right well, i'm down we can run a bike Still, you can rent a bike. I think I'll, <laughs> I'll, I stick to the having protection around me when I'm I'm in a place that I don't know. So I guess is there, is there anything you want to kind of like finish up with here in terms of Harden? I mean, look, there is no finishing up with Harden. Oh, no. Is the thing yeah. right now? We're all kind of just waiting to see. It, it's like every day goes by. I said to you before media day. Nobody really knew if James was going to show up until the the agent text goes out to Shams and Woj and Chris Haynes and all these guys that, yeah, James will not be there today. None of us really know. And I think that's been made clear based on the fact that it was, oh, he skipped media day and he's not coming to Colorado. And then we get an update from Woj this morning. Hey, guess what? James is coming to Colorado. Like it's, it's just hard to say each and every day what's going to happen now for us i think that makes for excitement maybe the the wrong word because i don't think you and i in an ideal world would want to be on you know harden watch all the time harden watch on the floor sure and seeing you know what nick nurse can do with this different group but harden watch in the sense of will he be there is the fat suit from the nutty professor coming with him is he going to fake an injury is he going to throw a basketball at Daryl Morey watching from the CSU bleachers while practice is going on. I mean, not my favorite type of stuff to cover, but like I always say, you play the hits, baby. Cover what people are interested in. Um, Now, to your point, I would say I probably didn't expect him to show up during training camp. Certainly you had the expectation he would eventually show up because in order to become a free agent next year, he would have to show up. But you didn't know when during that thirty day rolling or thirty day window that would be, and you also didn't know like when he did show up, would he come down with an injury? Would he find another reason not to practice? Would he give so much like half ass with a cell phone in his pocket to try to force? And we still don't know that. But him showing up on day two of camp, if he does do that, certainly was not a expectation I had. But to your point, we just didn't know. We just trended in a certain direction. Yeah. So well, I think we'll take another 
quick break, talk about our friends at Game Time. This is going to be essential for all you people, again, back in Philadelphia, hoping to get to a Phillies game in the next, hopefully the next few weeks or more than that, depending on how far they go, but certainly next couple of days. The Game Time app makes it so the buying tickets to your favorite events won't be stressful. And it's not just Phillies games. It's not just sporting events for that matter. It's concerts, it's comedy, it's theater, it's all kinds of stuff. And they have great deals on last minute tickets with the best price guarantee. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. I think that's probably not as big of a problem at Citizens Bank Park, but certainly there are different stadiums around the country that a little bit more problematic. You end up behind a cement pillar somewhere yeah. and then pay all this money. You don't even get to see the game. And you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, you're set, and they get sent directly to your phone. You never have to dig through emails. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, I was actually telling Rich the other day, um, I bought uh, tickets to an Eagles NFC Championship game, the last one at the uh, at the vet. Stuck behind it. I couldn't see a thing. Oh, I no. See a thing. Uh, and honestly, probably better off because that's the yep. infamous Joe Juravicious, yep. Rondé Barber game yep. that I would say that. Oh, to some of the people in the chat, Veteran Stadium is an old arena that <laughs> used to ask your dad. I got to remember it. that some of these people are probably not even alive when this game happened. Your, your dad probably has some great memories of it. So that specific game, I was, I would have been. 12 years old, okay. 12 years old, something like that. I don't think there's ever been a sporting event that hurt my soul yeah, as much hurt. as that one. And part of that was because the Carolina one might, the following year might've hurt more just cause you had more expect, like there was no reason to lose it. At least Tampa Bay was a good team. Yeah, it was bad, but the Carolina loss was worse in a on paper perspective. I think the problem with Tampa Bay was they played yeah. at the vet early in the season and beat the shit out of them. Deuce Staley ran for like 200 yards and went absolutely crazy. And I was at that game. And at the time, you're a kid. It's like, oh, they're not going to beat them. They destroyed them earlier this year. And it's the last game with the vet. And Brian Mitchell returns the opening kickoff like 80 yards. They score on the first drive. It's yep. like, this game's over. And then gut punch after gut punch for the next two hours and 45 minutes. So... I think that was my version of a lot of people watching the Kawhi shot yeah. thing for them. Yeah, no, that that one definitely hurt. I I think I was I, I remember after the um after, why are we talking if we're going to talk a different sport talk Phillies I don't know what we're doing <laughs> I, but I remember the following year I wasn't even like angry I was just like stunned stunned and depressed. Anyway, that's what Philly sports does to you. That, that's how it goes, man. That's why now we're just cynical media people instead of. Uh, so do you want you want to pivot to the Phillies? No, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't pay enough attention to baseball. To have I'm baseball just saying, takes. like, I'm just in it for the, you know, the sure, civic sure. unity and all that stuff. Just saying, I don't know why many people would be tuning in now with the the game coming on later tonight. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm getting tangled up in uh, some <laughs> wires down here. I'm gonna pull the whole set down. Uh, so we have gotten a lot of questions about Maxi and you know things here. There's a Question from Akil: Would would nurse ever consider using Maxi 
like Steph. And I, I think we've talked about it a little bit in the, our off-season pods about Maxi as a movement weapon, right? And a guy yep. coming off of, I wouldn't say quite like Steph. It'd probably be more like a JJ who was here or Seth Curry, where there is proof of concept for that type of offense, right? Where flying around Joel, essentially. Marissa's giving me a side eye over here. I'm making sure that everything is... Oh, did I move the whole camera by <laughs> <laughs> the, the joys of uh, remote productions? It's our first remote, guys. We'll get better. We can't. We'll, yeah. we'll see how it all turns out. But that, so anyway, so just don't knock it over. That's... I think it's less like Steph because they want to involve Joel in this, right? And right. It's, they're not going to use Joel like Draymond essentially. Right. And so that that inherently changes how you're using Maxi as a a movement guy, a shooter, what have you. But I do think that there's some of that there. We've seen Maxi grow as one just as a shooter, period, but certainly as a guy who he can fly around screens and as a pull-up guy, he's maybe not as much of a DHO movement shooter right. yet, but it's just because he hasn't been asked to do it a whole lot at this point. Yeah. So, uh, I think my answer would be maybe to Akil, who's wondering if they could use him like that. But I don't think it's a bad – like, it's certainly it's something that should be part of the plans. Like, yep. it shouldn't just be, hey, James is kind of MIA or might not be around all the time, so we need Tyrese to just be, like, the, the true floor general, traditional point guard type. They do need to lean into floor spacing, shooting, coming off movement, the speed, all that stuff. No, I mean, like you said, we've seen firsthand how a, an off-ball movement shooter like that can help Joel and how he can help them. He's a little more comfortable with that than maybe when uh, you know ball handlers coming off a, a straight pick and roll. Um, and Maxi has every shot in the book, so why wouldn't you ask him to see if he could grow that uh, and see if he can get that timing down? Uh, I certainly think that is within his wheelhouse. And you know that's just another area where they can experiment over the years and take this kid who's, you know, Gosh, he really, like 29%, I think, at Kentucky, 29% or right around there, maybe 30% his rookie year. For him to be like, I think he can master pretty much any shot you ask him to. I have some questions about the distribution of the defense. Shooting, I give him enough time, I have confidence he'll get there. Yeah, and look, I think certainly expecting him to just be Steph Curry would be way too big of an ask. He's oh, a, sure. He's a really unique Play All like time. Steph Curry, not be Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah but yeah. on the other side of that, because of some traits that Tyrese has that Steph doesn't have, I mean, there are ways that he can be better than him in certain areas. Sure. Like if if teams begin to respect that DHO movement shot for him coming around Joel, then that downhill to the rim, I mean, we saw J.J. Redick who – Love the guy on multiple Are you levels. you going to say he's not Tyree? Uh, he is yeah, not exactly a, a big-time downhill guy, yeah. and he still was able to score and get to the rim and do things like that from time to time. So you look at someone like that and then say, well, what could Tyrese do when teams are playing him like that? And that's a scary thought. He's Even if he's not finishing, I know getting to the free-throw line in general, that free-throw attempt volume was a, a trouble spot for him. still kind of is to a degree. It's yep. ticked up, but – it should be able to tick up more if teams are having to use late help and fly at him rather than be able to stay with him and hang back against yep. him. And and really, for as much progress as he's made as a shooter and a scorer, 
as a scorer, I think there are still multiple things he can add to his game to be even more effective. Again, the, the questions come down to other facets of the game. I think some of those questions are very legitimate. We've spent a lot of time talking about it. But just in terms of his dribble drive move, his ability to put pressure on the rim, obviously then that ro the rotations that creates from the defense to great open shots, there is a lot he can continue to still add. Um, he's, he's made a lot of progress in that shot, but there is still a lot he can get to as a scorer. Yeah, I just, look, we I feel like we're the Tyrese Maxey booster club over here where we acknowledge all his flaws and the, the ways he has to improve, but I think I'm with the fans in the sense that he has shown at every turn so far that he is able to take his game up a level, and that's a rare thing to do on a season-by-season-by-season by season by season basis. I know it's not quite at the same level as we've seen with Joel, but yep. now we're looking at a, a big opportunity for him to – as he has gone from, you know, like a more limited role player, six man type guy mm -hmm. to entrenched starter, 20 point games, 20 points per game scorer last season, like this could be a giant year for him. And that's, that's one of the main and perhaps only reasons to get really excited for this team. That, and you, you do still have the MVP. For sure. Um. And look, we have Brandon saying asking him to become a superstar is a lofty task. I don't think we're really doing that because in part, in order to be a superstar, I think you are going to have to be a plus at least level distributor. But like, could he go from like a top 45, top 50 player to a top 30 player just based on improving as a scorer and a, a, a defender? Yeah. I think he can. And that would be a huge, a huge jump in order to become, again, like a top 15 kind of player. I think he's going to have to be in a, maybe not elite passer and elite playmaker but close to it well we talk a and lot that would be a lofty ask i think we talk as media a lot about fit as it pertains to the draft and like oh if this guy went to this organization instead of this one that yep. would have made a big difference but another big part of that is just opportunity like tyrese getting this big opportunity that he's getting and that he's had frankly for a few years now getting a if harden continues down the destructive path it's. I think it's easy to just push him aside and say, well, whatever, we'll, we might be a little bit worse. But Tyrese has shown, has given us all the reason in the world to trust him and see what he does with all this in his hands. Yep. And if you have any other questions, drop them in the chat. We'll try to get to them here in the last segment. Before that, a quick word from FOCO. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, Collectible collectibles, novelty items, and more. Unfortunately, I can't no. show anything in the background like we normally do. I'll just I'm just pointing at a wall in this case. It's it's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. And with us now squarely in football and tailgating season, it means it's time for overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. Tune in to the other three shows uh, that we produce, and you or other four shows. I'm sorry, uh, and you can see some of those pieces. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. So I guess outside of, I guess, moving away from the point guards a little bit, what else are you looking to see here out in Colorado? And I, I guess it needs to be stated, a lot of times we don't have a lot of access to these practices. It's not like we're going to see you know, full practice every day. There might be a day occasionally where they give us some access. But a lot of times, just shooting at the. And at the end. let me tell you, I would guess that with James Harden arriving, 
the first James Harden practice is not going to no. be, you know, full media access, at least during the practice. I'm not saying that the Sixers are walling us out entirely, but sure. they're I, not going to let us get cameras on James right. spiking a ball at a, a teammate or a coach or anybody else. And I don't even really mean this. Like this isn't unique to the Sixers at all. It's just the way it is yeah. in the NBA nowadays. I just want to set expectations for people listening. But theoretically, um, what are you looking to get out of? What are you hoping the Sixers get out of from this week? I mean, first and foremost, I want to see what lineups come out of this camp. Look, preseason gets more meaningless in every sport every single year. But I think one of the exciting parts of Nurse coming here and having a new perspective on everything is he's going to look at this differently than Doc Rivers. He might walk in and say, P.J. Tucker is not going to start anymore and we're going to play smaller and we're going to be more athletic and I'm going to I mean maybe you give a chance to a guy like Kelly Oubre Oubre said it his media day availability that you know they didn't lie to him when they came here they pursued him pretty hard throughout the offseason but his meeting with Nick Nurse was basically like look you have an opportunity in front of you if you don't take it you're not going to play right and I think there are a lot of those little battles that nurse and the staff are really excited about because as a coach, that's almost the ideal scenario. Like, yeah, sure. You would love to have all the top end talent and, you know, the best possible roster you could have, but to have a bunch of spots essentially being unsettled, that's going to create an even more competitive camp, a competitive preseason. And these guys are going to have to jostle for minutes for the foreseeable future until the roster settles a little bit. So that to me is like one of the big, positives at the moment but that might just be spin zone for the time being we'll see yeah yeah um no i mean look this is a team right now where depending on what happens with james harden and whether he plays and whether he, he's fully back like there could be two two starting spots open right now and for a team that has title aspirations that's definitely definitely unique I, I guess do you have any kind of like read on where nurse might be assuming harden reports and starts that last uh starting spot do you have any real read no, I mean he. So when we spoke to him, I would say he's him, been non-committal. Which a lot of times when someone's non-committal, you think that might give the edge to the um, the incumbent. No, I'm, or something fresh. Yeah, yeah, something fresh. Okay, because like the easiest thing to say would be, no, no we're going with the one. Yeah, we we'll just last stay year. with PJ. Yeah. Or, yeah, and I will say when we spoke to him during our interview, which again you guys can check out on the PHLY Sports YouTube elsewhere. Nick did talk up DeAnthony Melton mm-hmm. a lot, and he is a guy who I think profiles as a Nick Nurse type of player. You know, he wasn't – he's not like 6'8", like a lot of those guys in Toronto, but long, athletic, guy who's disruptive, who Nick has talked a lot already about wanting to be aggressive defensively from the perimeter and having those guys blitz and hedge and things like that, and then Joel's waiting on the back end. DeAnthony's one of your best guys to be able to do that. Like whatever PJ's strengths are as a defender, it's not like a run around like a maniac sort of thing. It's all the gritty one-on-one, maybe some rebounding, things like that. So I would not be shocked if DeAnthony's able to, even in a world where James comes back, I wouldn't be shocked to see Melton get a starting nod. Yeah, I do worry a little bit, you know, at three-guard lineup, where you just have like you know James at six four is your your biggest guy, and frankly he probably defends a small forward the most in that lineup anyway. And then you've got two six three guys, and three guys who really really aren't great at getting through screens. And in some of those cases, 
like Harden, like Maxi, frankly, suck at fighting through screens. Mm-hmm. And in uh, Melton's case, it's certainly his weak spot defensively, besides just not being three inches taller. You know, that group didn't have the greatest numbers last year. And we're certainly way worse than the group with Tucker. But Tucker's a year older. You know, we saw how helping off him can impact the playoffs. I would certainly be okay just trying it out. I think it, you know, Melton starting becomes a lot easier if you do trade Harden and get some kind of a wing or at least wing adjacent player back. Yeah. So the other thing coming out of media day and these first couple of days that we're spending with the team, that I'm really interested in is how many threes are these guys going to shoot? Yep. You know, you and I sat down with Tobias where you guys are going to hear everything he said in, in a little bit, maybe t- later today or early tomorrow. But, you know, Tobias ran through all the things that Nick has done in the past or run in the past on offense, what he kind of told him to work on this summer. And then he drove it home with, and he wants me to shoot as many threes as possible. Now, to be fair though, like Brett wanted him to shoot more. That's true. Doc wanted him to shoot more. I'm saying, as a, a, a system and as a team as a whole. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I'm saying there's that message to Tobias. And then you hear what he says about Paul Reed, where he says he needs to be able to shoot, but more importantly, we're going to let him shoot. Like this is a, situ- a situation where Nick Nurse is coming in and going to Paul Reed and saying, you got to let that thing fly. I'm going to give you opportunities I don't care if you miss or maybe I'll care at some point, but at least initially it's okay if there are some misses and we have to work around that. And it's a little wonky. They want these guys that I think is probably the most important thing I've taken away from nurse so far. He just wants these guys to get reps. He wants Maxi to get point guard reps. He wants Paul to get shooting reps. He wants Tobias to be the shooter that, you know, we probably think he could be if he had a different brain and approached it slightly differently and just yep. was had a quicker trigger. Again, the the brain swap with Kelly Oubre, there's no telling how that would actually work out, but they could use him having that sort of conscience. So yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see this is more of a Sunday in Boston rather than during training camp, but that's a doc at times was more yeah, if we get those shots up, we get them, but it yeah. wasn't like a, a driving force of the program. No, I think Nick believes in shooting from the perimeter, shooting, taking as many threes as you can, both because they're worth 50% more than the other shots. That's not know, a it's amazing. Least, but I think, uh, I think that's important. And also just for a spacing purpose, I think Doc was a little more okay with letting a lot of his players, you know, bomb away from mid-range. Certainly probably more okay than Daryl Moore would prefer. And like I, we've said a lot, I don't think this team's going to come out and necessarily be top of the league in terms of like three-point rate, in part because Joel Embiid's such a good mid-range shooter. And Maxi right now prefers that a little bit. You're going to let him keep... Like you don't tell Kevin Durant to stop shooting mid-range jumpers. And Joel Embiid over the last couple of years has sort of entered maybe not that you know lo- lofty of the spot, but pretty close. So Joel's going to take those shots, but I certainly expect him to shoot more. And specifically, I expect, expect individual players to have a green light more than they had in the past. You know, I mean, Tobias has always had a green light, but, you know, someone like Paul Reed, some, something like that. I even think Daryl and Nick would say to Joel, we would be happy if you shot more yeah. threes. Like, yeah. I, I think they see some of the quality shots he or quality looks that he gets from behind the three-point line that he passes up with a pump fake or, 
you know, just kind of holds it for a little bit. And some of that is, I think, Joel second-guessing a little bit because he did deal with heavy criticism early in his career for, well, this guy's seven feet tall. You got to stick his ass on the low block and blah, blah, blah. And I do think that's evolved over time. People have seen that Joel's skill set is not just, I'm Shaq and I'm going to run people over. And he's been able to find that balance, right? He's one of the league leaders in free throw attempts every single year, but he also has the outside Mm -hmm. touch. And so I think Joel's probably a big part of that as well. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and Maxi, Rich says this all the time, like he wants him shooting 10 threes a game. Oh, yeah. I don't disagree. And he can get that shot off almost whenever he wants. He has range out to 30 feet. He has every shot in his arsenal. I'd love to see him get more. Th- and maybe some of that comes in transition too. Maybe they get out on break, run a little more. You have those trail threes, fire away. To Akil's question about making him staff or having him play like staff earlier in the show, the number one thing I would like to see that's like staff he can shoot at any time from anywhere. Yep. Just give him the absolute blinding green light. He has shown on good volume that he can be one of the best shooters in the entire NBA with no qualifiers. If he dips from, you know, low 40s into the high 30s, but he's taken, you know, 30-foot pull-ups and bending the defense and yep. completely compromising how people play, he absolutely should take those shots. And, you know, I think Nick is going to allow him to take those shots if I had to guess. Agreed. Agreed 1,000%. Um, so we've got Harden and the circus. We've got starting lineup. How many threes are going to be able to get up? And I, you know, I'm really interested to see what they do defensively. Yeah. Like they just, this roster is so different than what Nick Nurse has had to work with during really his entire tenure in Toronto, but certainly over the last three or four years since Kawhi left and since Marcus Gasol retired, how, what is he going to take from what he did in Toronto and try to carry it over to a team of mostly old, not great defensively players who also have a big man who wants to stay in the paint and protect the rim. It's just the complete polar opposite. I can't wait to see what he does. Yeah. And he has, he told us personally, he said, look, I think the biggest part of, pregame prep and the work that I put in, we put in probably is in the defensive side and the defensive scheming for the other team that, you know, like offenses are everybody runs pick and rolls. There are variations of different actions, but the book is kind of out on what teams like to do at this point, right? There's not a lot of surprises with how easy it is to get tape immediately and see, Oh, they ran this. And we walk into the locker room every single night before a game and they have the name of the play, who's involved in it, and a super cut of all these plays that they just run in the locker room for, you know, probably two hours before the game that it's just burned into these guys' brains. So there's no mystery, which is why somebody like Nurse may be able to give you a competitive advantage because he is just willing to try goofy shit and say, hey, we're going to play a box in one. And that was not something that, Toronto had even practiced prior to they essentially go. He went up to Kyle Lowry in the huddle in a finals game was like, Kyle, I want to do this. And I need you to tell these guys to do X, Y, Z. And so Lowry goes, all right, let's do it. And they go out on the floor and they execute it and they win a finals game. So I I think that's something I'm I'm excited to see. And certainly was one of the big talking points from uh, Nick and the guys we spoke to here in Colorado. Yeah, no, and this isn't, you know, this isn't, 
me looking back, like this is having a different perspective. Like I remember when the Sixers hired Doc Rivers, Rich and I did a podcast with uh, Jovan Buha at The Athletic. And we're like, look, from the outside, it looks like he's a guy who sets a pretty good base system and then is very, very reluctant to ever deviate off of that. And because of that, he's not prepared for the playoffs when shit changes and when you have to adjust. And he was like, yeah, that's pretty much exactly it. And I think we saw it play out. Doc set a system, probably mostly the right system, but he did so little experimentation throughout the season that they weren't prepared you know, for when shit hit the fan in the playoffs. Nick is the polar opposite of that. And I'm not saying that doesn't come without consequence. Like maybe they won't be. But there's a fine line. Sure. But it's just different. And if they're going to die, die a different way. And I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there are a lot of anti-Harden comments popping up in the chat. We have a, I hope Harden retires from. He's not going to retire. AJ there's Jones. many million reasons he's not going to retire. We have a Harden will be playing in Beijing. So there's, there's mean, also that. Next year. I'm not saying he is. But I could see them offering him a completely absurd contract. Well, as somebody who has been following all the the soccer players who are transitioning to Saudi Arabia with all the money they're throwing yeah. around, it would not shock me if China becomes a a future destination for China, for Harden. I don't think it's a an not next year, a couple thing. years yeah. down the road. I agree. I, agree. I mean, he's he alluded to it over the summer. He said, "Like I would kind of like to. I wouldn't mind playing here." It leaked out at various I mean, points. Look at what it did for Marbury. Like he made a boatload oh, of Oh, like Bill he's got like statues yeah. over there. He's a legend. I watched the whole documentary that there was like a twenty minute section yeah. of it just about his career in China. So yeah. Maybe he could go team up with Dwight Howard. Former Dwight's former trying to get back colleague. to the NBA, so I don't I don't know about that. He was playing China last year, right? Or was that uh, he was in I thought he was in Taiwan. Was he? Yeah. You might be right. You might be right. It's hard to keep track of all the, the overseas. I just remember like one day he was dropping like 50 and 20 and people made a deal of it. And then I never followed up on it again. <laughs> well, if we're talking about Dwight Howard's uh, it's probably getting towards Taiwanese the end of the career, yeah. it might be time to wrap it up. So uh, we really appreciate you guys for tuning in today. Yep. Obviously, once again, shout out to super producer Marissa for putting stuff together for and us. On, restoration 360. And shout restoration 360. Yep. Uh Everybody who's still here, if you wouldn't mind hitting that subscribe button, giving us a thumbs up on this video. Obviously, check out the Nick Nurse interview we did yesterday. We will be here all week. We're going to be getting some extra stuff while we're out here. So uh, stay tuned. And Derek, we will uh, chat again soon. That we will.